Today, we're starting a new series called Seek First. And this series is based on something that Jesus told us to do in the Sermon on the Mount. So one day, Jesus gathered a lot of people, and, and he actually gave this, this sermon, the longest recorded sermon we have of Jesus, actually found in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And in that sermon, Jesus spoke about all kinds of things. He spoke about the type of life that God blesses. He spoke about anger issues and how to navigate those things. He spoke about how to treat our enemies, how to love other people, how to serve other people, how to fast, how to pray. He talked about all kinds of things. And then in chapter 6, verse 19, he turns his attention towards things of eternal importance. And he starts having some deeper conversations uh, about eternity and not just living in the here and now. And so as we walk through this passage, we're going to walk through uh, verse 19 through verse 33. As we walk through this passage, I have a whole lot of reflective questions for us today. So today's going to feel a little heavier uh, for a lot of us. And uh, it's a great opportunity for us to evaluate our lives. It's something that a lot of us are doing right now. If you flip on sports or if you flip on the news, a lot of people are talking about 2021 and what kind of year that was. And we're projecting what 2022 is going to be like. And uh, this is a great time for us to just pause and evaluate our lives. If you're a Christ follower, This would be a great opportunity for you to evaluate the path that you've been on over this past year and for you to decide, is that the path you want to be on in your relationship with God? If you're not a Christ follower, this is a great opportunity for you to evaluate some of the other paths that are out there and consider what a relationship with Jesus could really do for you. And I hope that you'll really consider that with us today. So we're going to start in verse 19. Again, these are the words of Jesus. And Jesus says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So we'll pause there and begin some of our our questions. So if you're a Christ follower, are you more focused on storing up treasures in heaven or on earth. So if you kind of think about your life, kind of evaluate, you know, kind of the activities you've been involved in over this past year, would you say that those activities have helped you to store up treasures in heaven that can never be taken away from us? Or have you been more focused on building your treasures here on earth? Like maybe building your kingdom like, like maybe you've been really focused on acquiring as, as much retirement wealth as possible. Maybe you've been more focused on getting as much money in, in your bank account as you possibly can. Or maybe your primary focus has been on getting more letters behind your name. Is there anything wrong with those things? Absolutely not. Nothing wrong with retirement wealth. Nothing wrong with Uh, pursuing money for, you know, living and for God meeting our needs and building God's kingdom. There's nothing wrong with education, nothing wrong with those things. But if we're more focused on those things and building our kingdom, storing up treasures here on earth that will disappear quickly, then we're storing treasures in the wrong place. Jesus also said that our hearts follow our treasures. So where's your treasure? Your heart will end up there. So again, are you 
more focused on building God's kingdom through leading people into a relationship with Jesus, maybe growing your own relationship with Jesus, building God's kingdom, or, or are you more focused on building your own kingdom? Jesus continues in verse 22. He says, your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light that you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. So Jesus says here, he says, listen, like we all understand that our eyes help us focus on things around us. But if we're focusing on the wrong things in a spiritual context, it's actually bad for us. And it doesn't just affect our eyesight, it affects our entire bodies. And he says, we've got to be careful what we're focused on. In verse 24, he tells us what to be careful about and who to be focused on. So in verse 24, he says, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. It's an interesting comparison that Jesus puts here. You would think that he would say, you can't serve God and who, who would we put in that spot? Pop quiz and I stumped everybody. Not a trick question. In my mind, I think the comparison would be Satan. We can't serve God and Satan. Jesus didn't say that. Jesus didn't put Satan on the same level. He said, you can't serve God and money. What did Jesus know about money? Jesus knew that money has the ability to pull us away from him. Money has the ability to pull us away from the one who really matters, the one who provides us the financial resources that we have. So we gotta be careful about who we're pursuing. And it's a tricky thing to, to evaluate in our lives. Sometimes like, we may not even recognize that we are pursuing money more than we're pursuing God. Jesus says you can't pursue both. We can pursue God with our money, but we can't serve both God and money. So Jesus tells us what we gotta be careful of. And then he says in verse 25, says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. And I can just imagine some of the, the people listening to Jesus that day. You know, there was a whole crowd of people with all different kind of issues that they were facing. And I'm sure they had a lot of things to worry about in their everyday lives. Anybody else have something to worry about in your everyday life? I think we all do. And Jesus says, uh, I tell you, don't worry about your everyday life. And then he continues, says, don't worry about your everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? The answer to that question is yes. Jesus wasn't asking a question because he didn't know the answer. Jesus was making a statement. You are far more valuable to God than any of his other creations. And he continues, he says, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? You know, sometimes like, I think it's possible. Sometimes I worry enough, I think maybe I can add like another moment in my life, but it's not possible. All our worrying does nothing but add more strife in our lives. So he says, don't worry. Why worry about your clothing? 
Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, one of the kings of Israel, in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? He continues. He says, so don't worry about these things. Saying, well, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows your needs. It's a wonderful truth right there. God knows all the things that are going to happen in 2022. And guess what? He's not freaked out. He's not worried about it. He knows what's coming this year. He knows how to help us. He knows how to navigate all the complexities that are out there because he loves us. He's going to meet our needs, especially as we seek him first. Then we get to our theme verse for this series. Jesus says in verse 33, says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Most Bible translations actually say, seek first the kingdom of God. That's where we get our title for this entire series. And this is one amazing promise from Jesus. Jesus says, listen, if you seek the kingdom of God above everything else in your life, God will take care of everything you need. Anybody think you just might have a need this year that you need a little help from God for? Anybody have a need right now in your life you need a little help from God for? Jesus says, if you seek God's kingdom, he'll take care of everything else. But one question that we have to answer is what's God's kingdom and how do we seek it? So we got to start there. And uh, if you were with us or if you weren't with us, back in June, Brian Baker, our, one of our teaching pastors, our care pastor, he actually did a, a series on the kingdom of God. Listen to how he defined God's kingdom. He said, he said this. He said, the kingdom of God is the universal rule and reign of God over all creation. So God created everything. So it's all his. And he's the ultimate ruler of everything. And if you think, you know, look around our world and you kind of see all the chaos and you think, you know what, it doesn't seem like God is the eternal ruler over everything because of all the weird stuff that's happening in the world. You're not necessarily wrong about that. There are several passages that actually say that Satan is the current ruler of this world. But good news, he won't be for long. Amen. And we talked about that in our Christmas series two weeks ago. We talked about one day... Jesus is going to be revealed to the world as the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. And our response to that revelation will be to bow down and worship him. Scripture teaches every knee will bow. Every tongue will declare that Jesus is Lord of all. That's going to be an amazing day. So listen to how Pastor Tony Evans describes the kingdom of God. He says the kingdom of God refers to the millennial reign of Christ when he will return to run earth from Jerusalem for his thousand year reign. So the millennial reign is when Jesus is revealed and then he is the ruler of the world for a thousand years. Can you imagine how perfect those thousand years are going to be? There's no going to be, not going to be any political corruption no infighting between political parties. I'm not even sure there'll be political parties at that point. 
It's going to be amazing when Jesus is the ultimate king of everything, the entire world. He will fix all the stuff that we have damaged. He will make it all right. Now, before that day happens, Bible prophecy actually teaches that there's another ruler that's, that's coming soon. He's called the Antichrist. He will rule for seven years. And during that time frame, it's going to be a horrible experience. But here's the, the encouraging thing, especially for those of us who are Christ followers. If you're a Christ follower, the same path that leads to the Antichrist is the same path that leads to Jesus Christ. Guess who's on the other side of the Antichrist? Jesus is. And Jesus will come and end the Antichrist's rule and reign over the world. He will set up his eternal kingdom. And we will have a 1,000 years of perfection. So until Christ returns, Christ followers should live by kingdom principles today. So we shouldn't wait until Jesus comes back and then say, well, now I'll start living by kingdom principles. We should apply those principles to our lives today. And that's what Jesus was talking about in the Sermon on the Mount. And he spent a lot of time talking to his disciples about that. So here's our next set of reflective questions. And again, I have to warn you, this is going to get a little heavy, okay? So here we go. If you're a Christ follower, are you letting God rule and reign over your life? Are you letting God rule and reign over every area of your life? Or are there certain areas that you would say to God, no, that's off limits. Like, you, you can't touch that. You don't have access to that part of my life. Are you letting God rule over your relationships? Are you letting God rule over all of your relationships? Are there any relationships that you're in that you know don't honor God? Are there any relationships, if you were just completely honest with yourself, you would say, you know what, like I probably should end this relationship because it doesn't bring honor to God. Is God ruling and reigning over all of your relationships? What about your decisions? Does God rule and reign over all of your decisions or just some of your decisions? He wants to weigh in on every decision that you ever make. So are you inviting him in to do that? Are you giving him control over your life and letting him set the pace, set the tone? Or are you doing what I do on many occasions, making decisions and asking God to fix my stupid decisions? Does God rule and reign over all of your decisions? What about your job? Is God ruling and reigning over your job and how you work? Do you, when you go to work, do you work as if you're working for God? That's what scripture tells us. When we go to work, don't look at your boss. I mean, you may have a great boss, you may have a terrible boss. But when you work, don't look at your boss. You're supposed to look at God as our boss and work for him. And I know that can be challenging because I know there's some stressful jobs out there that, that people have. And uh, you might think, you know what? The problem to my work, uh, the, the solution to my work problems is to fire everybody and start over. Like some of us would love to do that, but that's not what scripture teaches. It teaches that we should work for God when we go to work. Is God in complete control over your job? What about your attitude and your emotions? As you look back over 2021, would you say that God has been in charge of your attitude and your emotions? Or have your emotions and your attitude led your life 
into a ditch. Like, how are you doing with your attitude? How are you doing with how you manage your emotions? Here's a fun one. Are you letting God rule over your politics? If you're a Christ follower and you spend any time in scripture, you'll understand that God has some very strong political beliefs. And he wants our political beliefs to align with his political beliefs. And are you searching scripture with all the crazy things that are happening in our world right now to find out what God says? And are you aligning yourself with what he says in his word? Or are you holding more to your opinion than God's truth? Are you letting God rule and reign over your politics? Here's another fun one. What about your finances? Are you letting God rule and reign over your finances? The money that, that passes through your hands. And I know it's like a really sad thing to think about all the money that's gone through our hands over this past year, right? And, and think about all the money that's gone through our hands over a lifetime. Wow, if I could have just kept all that. But are you really allowing God to rule over your finances? Are you handling your finances in a way that would bring honor and glory to him? Uh, I didn't plan on talking about tithing, but if you're a Christ follower, one way to tell whether you're trusting God with your finances is whether you're tithing or not. I know that's a touchy subject. And if you think I'm interested in your finances, I'm not. But as Christ followers, we really need to evaluate that. Scripture actually teaches that God wants us to set aside 10% of our income and give that back to God through a local church so that that church can help God build his kingdom and focus on things that will last for eternity. And so if you're a Christ follower, are you tithing? Are you setting aside 10% of your income, giving that back to God through a local church? If you're not, beginning of the year is a great opportunity to do that and really trust God in that area of your life. What about your hobbies in your free time? You know, sometimes when it comes to our free time, we say off limits to everybody else, including God. Like, that's my free time. That's, you know, I find some things that I do to help me cope with life or stress reliever. Um, but w- what we do in our free time matters to God. So are you doing anything in your free time that doesn't bring honor and glory to God? We need to evaluate that. We need to let God rule and reign over every area of our lives. So is there any area of your life that you've said, you know, that area is off limits to God? God doesn't want to be king over 95% of us. He wants to be king over all of us, every area of our lives. So I know those are some humbling questions. I know there's, those are some deep questions. And if, if you're like feeling right now as you, you know, listen to all those questions, kind of thinking, you know, like, I suck right now. Guess what? You're not the only one. I suck too, okay? As I've been preparing for this and really chewing you know, through a lot of these questions, I've been realizing, like, there are some areas of my life that I've got to get right with God. There's some areas where I've given God almost all control, but not complete control. And I've got to address that uh, this year in my life. Um, you know, one of the things I struggle with in my life is control. I like to control my life. I like to control people connected to my life. Uh, ask my wife, ask my kids. They'll tell you that I have some control issues. Any other control freaks uh, in the crowd? All right, there's about 10 of us. Um, I think there's more. 
So here's what happens in my life. When, when I'm trying to manage my life and I can't quite manage it the way that I want to, sometimes I end up in a ditch or life comes along and something happens and I end up in a ditch. And in those moments, I'm like the woman in Carrie Underwood's song, Jesus, Take the Wheel. Like, Jesus, take the wheel. Like, I, I got myself in a ditch. Please get me out of the ditch. And when Jesus gets me out of the ditch, I say, thank you, Jesus. Now, can I have the wheel back, please? And uh, I actually asked Jesus to move out of the driver's seat, not just sit in the passenger seat. There's moments I ask him to sit in the back seat, and I ask him to not be a backseat driver because that's annoying. You know, nobody wants that. Uh, but there are moments that I do that in my life. That's got to change. Like, I want Jesus to sit in the driver's seat. He needs to sit in the driver's seat all the time. I need to be the passenger. I need to be the one in the back seat and not driving from the back seat, but letting him lead my life completely. And I think many of us need the same thing. So there are many ways that we can pursue God's kingdom and seek God first and live by kingdom principles today. But one way that I'm going to suggest for all of us as a church family to do together is through the spiritual discipline of fasting. So it's something that our church has done for the past 13 years. It's something that Christ followers have done for many years. It's, it's something that people of faith have done for thousands of years. And it's a great thing that we still get to engage today. And so I hope that you'll engage this with us. So our fast this year will start January 17th and will run through January the 30th. And you'll be amazed at what God can do in us and through us in just two weeks. There's a lot that can happen in our lives in, in just two weeks. Now, most of us are familiar with fasting to some degree. Uh, maybe you've done intermittent fasting or you've had to do fasting before you get blood work. Um, but that's not what biblical fasting is. Biblical fasting is about giving up food in some amount or some type for a period of time for spiritual reasons. So a, a shorter way to say that is biblical fasting is about giving up food for spiritual reasons. And if you're new to fasting, you might think, why would anybody ever want to give up food for any reason? And that's a great question. But Jesus actually modeled this for us. Jesus started his, his earthly ministry with 40 days of fasting. He didn't eat any food for 40 days. And uh, there's an amazing account of that in the Gospels. And I encourage you to read that when you get a chance to do that. But um, Jesus fasted for 40 days. Other people fasted for protection for their enemies, for wisdom to solve problems, to show their sorrow for things they had done that were wrong, for health and healing, for humility, to get protection uh, from God, to overcome temptations, to strengthen their relationship with God for many reasons. And we can still engage this ancient spiritual discipline that's been practiced for a long time that Jesus modeled for us. And there's some great benefits to it. There's some great spiritual benefits to fasting. Like when we fast, we can find out what really controls us, what we're dependent on in life. We can develop spiritual endurance, endurance which is something that, that we should all have in our relationship with God. We can develop through fasting our spiritual no muscle. Do you realize we all need to tell ourselves no more often? You know, the world says, if your body wants it, if your mind wants it, then just give it to it. You know how many ditches that's led to? Like we, we've ended up in a lot of sorrow over that strategy in life. And actually fasting can help us control our appetites. 
our physical appetites, our emotional appetites, our mental appetites. And through fasting, uh, we can actually learn to get back in control in several of those areas. It can help us see how people around the world live. There's a lot of great benefits to fasting. One of the, the biggest spiritual benefits can be a closer relationship with God. So it's through fasting that we say, God, I'm willing to set aside the stuff that, that sustains me physically to get more of who sustains me spiritually. And being sustained spiritually is way more important than being sustained physically, because we're all going to die one day. And the reality is, we're all going to live forever somewhere, either with God or apart from God. And pursuing God in this life and through relationship with Jesus Christ can help us live forever with God. So fasting can be a part of that and that spiritual benefit. There's other benefits as well to fasting. There are physical benefits. So fasting can help control blood sugar levels, can fight off infection and inflammation, can improve blood pressure and cholesterol levels, can improve brain function, for which I am praying large amounts of for me personally as I fast. It can help with weight loss by improving metabolism. It can improve muscle strength. There are a lot of physical benefits in addition to spiritual benefits when we fast. Now, fasting is nothing we should just jump into without preparing for. So we have something available to you to help you get ready for fasting. It's what we call our fasting preparation guide. And this physical copy, copies like this, are available at our Connection Center. If you've got a smartphone, then we've got this really cool uh, QR code that you can click. I think you can click it as you're at home as well, and it'll take you to our fasting preparation guide. And when you go to our fasting prep guide, you'll learn a lot of great things about fasting. You'll learn about the different types of fast, uh, how to decide which fast might work best for you, how to start a fast, how to end a fast, what you should do, what you should not do while you're fasting. There are a lot of great things things that you'll learn as you read through this fasting preparation guide. And I encourage you, if you're new, grab a copy of that. If you're not new, grab a copy of that and just remind yourself what's important when it comes to getting ready for fasting. And one of the big things that you're going to find is that it's important to decide before you fast why you're fasting. What are you fasting for? What's the spiritual reason? There are a lot of reasons why we can fast, but you need to decide that first, and that'll help guide you on the journey. So maybe for some of us, we're fasting to put God first again, because maybe our career has become first in our lives, or another relationship has become first in our lives. Or maybe you need God to provide for you physically. Maybe you need healing. Maybe you need wisdom. There's all kinds of reasons why we might want to engage a fast but we need to decide that first. So why are you fasting? What are you fasting for? Then once you decide that, we need to decide what we're fasting from. There's all kinds of things we can fast from. You can fast from all food and only drink liquids. That's what Jesus did in his 40 days of fasting. You could fast specific foods like Brussels sprouts. I think all of us should fast Brussels sprouts together in unison. Anybody in agreement? Yes, we're all fasting Brussels sprouts. Um, you could fast one meal a day. You could fast one day a week. You could fast meat. That's called the Daniel fast and only eat fruits and vegetables. You could fast sweets. You could fast alcohol. There's all kinds of things that you could fast from. And you need to know that one fast is not necessarily more spiritual than another. We're all at different places as we engage fasting. 
And so I encourage you to find something for you that'll be challenging. Step into that thing. We're not in competition with anybody. Uh, We're learning how to engage this spiritual discipline that can help us grow in our relationship with God. So find something that'll work for you and engage that thing. Now, something I say every year when it comes to fasting is this. If what you're fasting from is not a big deal to you, guess what? It won't be a big deal to God. Like if you hate broccoli and you say, I'm fasting broccoli for two weeks, good for you. You won't get any benefit spiritually from that. So find something that challenges you and stretches you and engage that. Now, another thing that's often good to engage is an activity fast. Most fasts in the Bible are food related, but an activity can be something that uh, we fast from as well and, and gain a lot of benefit from. And for those of you who are thinking you would like to fast from work for two weeks, like, go for it if you can pull it off. But if you can't and you need the money for you know, rent or your mortgage, got to keep working. But there's all kinds of things that we can fast from activity-wise. Time on social media could be one thing. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great if, uh, like, our whole community took a pause from social media and just said, hey, let's grow in our relationship with God instead of looking at all the negativity that's out there. Maybe it's time watching TV or movies. Uh, I know some people who are fasting negative comments Not negative thoughts, because you really can't control those, but you sure can control what comes out of your mouth uh, when those negative thoughts come in. Uh, Maybe you want to fast fear that consumes you and leads to paralysis in your life, and you're not sure what to do. There's all kinds of things that we can fast from. So I challenge you, find one physical thing, one food-related thing that you're fasting from, and then one activity thing that you're gonna fast from. And another big principle when it comes to biblical fasting is the the principle of replacement. So the idea of fasting is not that we just deprive ourselves. The idea is that we set aside certain things for a period of time and we fill up with other things like prayer, like Bible reading, like worshiping God through music, like getting out into creation to spend some closer time with God. There's all kinds of things that we can do to fill up in our relationship with God. And that's the stuff that we need to pursue during, during our time of fasting. And on our fasting preparation guide, in our fasting preparation guide, as well as our spiritual growth challenge, you'll find some great resources, some Bible reading plans, uh, some suggestions for how to engage God in this whole idea of replacement where we, we set aside something and we fill up with something else in our pursuit of God. Now, uh, like I said earlier, we've done this for 13 years now as a church. And as we began 13 years ago, I really didn't have a whole lot of experience with fasting. Uh, I thought that was for you know the super spiritual people out there. And I never thought I was one of those. And so I never wanted to, to fully engage that. But as I learned more about it over the past 13 years, uh, I have fasted from a lot of things. I've learned a lot. I uh, fasted from all food altogether on several occasions. I fasted from meat, which is a big deal in my life. If I don't have meat at a meal, I don't feel like I've eaten ever. Um, I've fasted from uh, desserts, and specifically, I fasted from Reese peanut butter cups. Like that's the greatest, you know, uh, meal that anybody could ever eat outside of meat. But one of the things I've actually found is after having COVID last year, is God took Reese peanut butter cups away. They don't taste good to me anymore. So fasting those won't be a big deal this year. So I'll, I'll be finding some other things for that. I fasted for healing for people that I love, for wisdom, from God, for God to work in my life, our church family, many different things. So here's what I'm fasting for and what I'm fasting from this year. So this year, one of the things I'm fasting for is wisdom. 
as a church leader, uh, I feel like I and our staff need lots of wisdom to navigate the complexities of our world. There are a lot of weird things happening in our world right now. And our world needs our spiritual leaders to step forward, not step back. And so I need wisdom in how to navigate that. Our staff needs wisdom as well. So that's what I'll be fasting for. Now, what I'm fasting from is I'll be fasting from sweets. I won't be engaging anything that I know has sugar in it, like desserts, that kind of stuff. And I'm going to work my way down to fasting all food. But here's how I'm going to do it this year. So I'm going to spend four or five days significantly reducing my food intake, and then four or five days just uh, drinking liquids, and then four or five days slowly reintroducing food again. Uh, That's new for me. Uh, What I have done in the past is I've had a big meal the day before I fast and then had no food for two or three weeks after that. And my body goes, what the heck are you doing? Like, that's craziness. So this year, I'm going to apply a little bit of wisdom in the thing I'm praying for. And I'm going to work my way down. I'm going to work my way back up and adjust accordingly as I walk along. Now, um, I'm going to do my prayer, my Bible reading in the morning as I start my day like I typically do. And my men's group has actually agreed to start reading the Bible together this year. So we're going to try to make our way through the whole Bible this year, and I'll be doing that with them on Tuesday morning. So I'm looking forward to that. Now, to help you get ready for fasting. I've got a few things I want to give you today for you to take with you as you leave. Again, I want you to take a copy, a hard copy or a digital copy of our fasting preparation guide with you. We've got our fasting cards on your seat. So there should be a card around you that's got our Seek First logo on one side. On the other side, it's got the two big questions. What are you fasting from and what are you fasting for? I encourage you to put this someplace that'll help remind you to be asking God those questions on a daily basis. And then on the 16th, uh, in two weeks, we'll actually ask you to fill these cards out and turn them in. And we as a church will be praying for you. Our elders and our prayer team will be praying for you. We also have some notebooks that we would love to give you. These are our free gift to you. They're at the back of each seating section. Uh, And in these notebooks, you'll see our theme verse, and we'll see some instructions on the left-hand side. And if you're a note taker, I encourage you to use this to take notes. You could take notes throughout the series. You could take notes for the entire year. This could be kind of your spiritual journal, where you're writing what you're sensing God is saying to you, what you're saying back to God, what you're learning through fasting, what you're learning through the year. So I encourage you to grab one of these if if you're a note taker. If you're not a note taker, um, that would be a great thing to start doing this year. Now, I know I've thrown a whole lot at you, um, but we'll talk each week about this stuff. I'll remind you again and again about these tools that'll help you um, so it'll all make sense for you, I think. If you're watching online and you'd love access to this stuff, you can stop by our offices if you live local, and we'll make sure we have a few of those available for you. On January the 30th, we're going to end this series in a special way with a night of worship and communion. And as we come together on that night, we're actually going to have an open share time where we hear from each other and what God is doing in us and through us through this time of fasting. So make sure you put that on your calendar and come celebrate that with us. Now, let me tell you what we're going to do in this series and the topics that we're going to address Next week, we're going to talk about how to seek God for a closer relationship with him. Then in two weeks, we're going to talk about how to fast for freedom from things that kind of hold us back in our lives. Then we'll talk about fasting for healing. 
And then finally, we'll talk about fasting for wisdom. So if you know anybody else that could benefit from any of those topics, invite them to come uh, on campus with us or invite them to join us online as we do this. Again, I think this would be a great time for all of us. Now, as we close, I want us to, to say out loud together our theme verse. And uh, King David actually said that when we hide God's word in our heart, it, it, it makes it available to us as a spiritual weapon in times when we need it. So I want to challenge us to memorize this verse as a church throughout the next five weeks. Now, I know for those of you who are like getting sweaty palms right now and your heart rate's beat, beating a little faster, like I can't remember anything. I get it. I know I struggle with that as well, but there's just 19 words here. I think in five weeks, we can memorize this together. This will be amazing truth that can transform our lives. So as we close today, we're going to say this out loud together. So are you ready? Great. Here we go. Matthew 6, the words of Jesus following me. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Again, that's an amazing promise to start the new year with. We're going to work on memorizing this, and we'll talk more about fasting and seeking God for a closer relationship next week. Now, we're going to pray. Then our worship team is going to close us in a song. And uh, they're going to guide us in a song about putting God first in our lives. So if you would, just bow your heads and close your eyes with me. And we'll pray, and then we'll engage this song together. As we begin to pray, I'm just curious today if there's anybody here willing to say, you know what, like I, I'm a follower of Jesus, but I haven't let him be king and ruler over all of my life, that maybe there's one area that you know right now that you need to surrender to him. So if there's anybody in that spot, would you be courageous enough to lift your hand up and just hold it up for a second? Thank you. I see hands all over. That's something we all struggle with. You can put your hands down. So God, I just, I just pray that this would be a defining year for us in, in these areas. Lord, I pray that today would be a defining moment for us, that we would surrender this issue, this area, this relationship, this thing. We would surrender it to you, and we would say, Jesus, you be king over this area of my life. And we would watch you work in supernatural ways in this specific thing. As we continue to pray, I'm just curious if there's anybody else who would say, you know what? Like, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I've never started that. And if you would like to start a relationship with Jesus today that will impact your eternity, it would impact your forever, I'm just curious if there's anybody willing to lift your hand up and say, I need that. I, I want that today in my life. If so, hold your hand up for just a second so I can see that. And I'll just take a moment to scan. I see one. Thank you. Thank you very much. Anybody else? Anybody else? See another? Thank you. So if you're in that spot, here's what I recommend during our final song. Just tell God you need him. Tell God that you believe that Jesus came to die so that you can have eternal life. And today, invite him into your life as your Lord and your Savior. And if you make that decision today, if you have that conversation with God today, he will respond. 
He will step into your life as your Lord, your Savior. And then when he returns, Jesus will be revealed as your king. And he will welcome you into his eternal kingdom. He'll also teach you how to grow in this relationship that you have with him that's brand new. That's the best decision you could ever make in your entire life. And we'll be praying for you. So God, thank you for these people who have been courageous enough to say, I I need Jesus. I don't have him, and I need him. Lord, I pray that you would grow them in this new relationship. I pray that you would grow all of us as we walk through this series and how to put you first. Because when we put you first in our lives, everything else seems to come into order. But when you're not first, nothing else is in order. So Lord, at the beginning of 2022, we want to learn how to seek you first. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen.